What is up, guys? Nick Scrip on the P2W Fantasy Podcast, second episode of the week. If you missed the last podcast from this week, it was a mega mailbag episode. Great questions from the fantasy community. Took a little over an hour, but it was well worth the listen with so many great questions. So appreciate you if you happen to ask one of those questions. Today, I want to do a little reflecting in the office here on the lunch break about a home league draft that I just had. I I had some findings that I want to talk about that could be useful for your home league drafts coming in the next handful of weeks as we get closer and closer to the season. As always, this show is partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group, which is a branch of Fantasy Points. Go check out fantasypoints.com slash subscribe. You can use my promo code P2W22 for a discount. It is well worth the subscription. They have articles, they have uh, project projections and rankings, and uh, they are nonstop releasing tons and tons of fantasy content leading up to the season. If you go to their Twitter page, you're going to see all of the videos and articles that they've recently pushed out, and I think that they will really help you push play to win your fantasy league. So again, fantasypoints.com slash subscribe, promo code P2W22, well worth it. So today, again, talking about a home league draft, and I want to talk about why I had this specific draft. So first and foremost, I had a draft board from Draft Kits. You go and check out Draft Kits, their website. You can go and purchase your own draft board. And I think just having that draft board that covered up a good chunk of my wall and had uh, stickers for all the players really made the draft experience a a lot more fun. Just because you know, clicking on your phone, your picks is one thing, but being in person and having the people in your league go and take the sticker and put it under their name on the draft board, I think just makes things more fun. Everybody was anxiously anticipating, you know, anticipating what guys were going to do and who was being picked. And it was awesome. Um, I have a good uh, incentive to go and check them out, not just from what I just said, but you can have a 10% discount using promo code P2W22 on the draft kit site. Uh, It's a partner of mine. And I was very happy to have had that for my home league draft. If you you know, have a 12 or 10 team league and you ask everybody to throw in a couple more bucks to get one of those for your redraft drafts, I think it's well worth it. It's only a couple bucks per person, makes it so much fun. Uh, You know, I had a tweet that, you know, I don't know if it went viral, but got over a thousand likes just talking about this specific draft and how I had 11 out of 12 people physically at the draft, which was awesome. We had a great time. I think there was, you know, a ton of, uh, uh, drinking and eating and, and drafting, which is uh, a great combination of things to have. But with everybody there in person, it made the draft more fun and it made the um, experience great for everybody. I think it just kind of goes back to the point of why we play fantasy football. Obviously, you want to win money and it's competitive, but at the end of the day, it brings people together, and that's exactly what this draft did. But enough of the you know sentimental stuff here. I want to talk about the actual draft and some findings from it. So first and foremost, uh, you know, out of the things that that I want to note that I maybe maybe I have not you know learned uh, from scratch here, but uh, I noticed and I want you to make sure that you take note of is playing the board. So I'm not knocking guys on reaching for specific players and not following ADP. Uh, I'm all for drafting how you want to draft, but looking at the one spot. This guy specifically, 
kind of reached a lot on, on a bunch of different players. And I'm, again, I'm not knocking him for his picks at all. And I think you should go out and go and grab the guys that you think will be successful despite their ADPs at times. Uh, but here's some of the picks. So Derrick Henry, 101. That was before Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. You know, you can't knock that a ton just because we saw what uh, Derrick Henry did last season before the injury. So, I mean, it's I would take JT or CMC, but he took Henry, so that pushed guys down the board. He took Allen Robinson at 301. This was before Javante Williams, before Kyle Pitts, before T. Higgins. He took Devontae Parker, who I do like, but he took him in the fourth at 412 before Elijah Mitchell, uh, you know, Joe Burrow and, and um, Herbert were still floating out there. Uh, Judy Metcalf, those guys were still floating out there. He took MVS, who I'm against in the sixth, 612 before Bateman and Michael Thomas. Hayden Hurst in the eighth before Zach Ertz, Garrett Wilson, and Kadarius Toney. Then Winston in the ninth, Watkins in the 11th, and Taysom Hill in the 12th. And again, I'm not making fun of these picks at all. I'm not knocking this guy. Go and grab who you want to grab. It's, I'm all for that. But due to him making some of these picks, it pushed other players down the board that maybe shouldn't have been pushed down the board. So my big point to this whole thing is you might have some guys that are going far off ADP in your drafts. So when that happens, you need to capitalize on the values that get pushed down the board. Don't just stick to your zero running back or, you know, anchor running back, or, um, you know, I can go down the list of all the different draft strategies. The big draft strategy at the end of the day is playing the board. So when value gets pushed, go and grab that value. And we'll talk about some of the values uh, against, you know, players specifically as this podcast goes on. But that is one of the most important things that needs to happen during your your draft is, you know, expect the unexpected to be able to pivot when things happen and play your board. One thing I learned personally was, you know, the longer you push off positions, the riskier it gets. So I like my team, which I'll break down at the end of this show. But, you know, I, I thought about taking Jalen Hurts in the seventh. And I went with, you know, my guy, Elijah Moore. I thought about taking Trey Lance in the 10th, but I went with Jahan Dotson, who I might have reached on, but it's kind of staying on brand with somebody I've been pushing for. So I ended up with Kirk Cousins. So when I look back and, and look at some of the, the QB QBs I could have taken, you know, I, I'm, I'm not low on Kirk Cousins, um, but I, I think about some guys that I could have taken with maybe a little bit more upside, but I pushed... QB down the board twice, didn't take certain guys at certain picks. I didn't want to pass up on some guys, so I ended up taking Kirk Cousins later in the draft. You know, another position that I, I kind of faded that I usually don't was the tight end position. I got sniped in the third round by two picks to take Kyle Pitts. I was all set in the third to take Kyle Pitts. Two picks before me, he was taken. So then I had to kind of pivot and think about my next guy. So the next guy on my list was Dalton Schultz, who went in the sixth round, and he was taken at the, the the start of it. I planned on potentially taking him in the sixth round at my pick, and I was at you know the middle of the the board. I was a six you know six spot, so I missed out on Schultz there. I ended up getting Darnell Mooney, which I don't hate at all, but missed out on Schultz. I almost took Ertz in the eighth but took Rashad Penny because of the disparity of the running back room. 
I pushed too far and I didn't want to jump on Dawson Knox or Pat Fryermuth. I thought at that point that I'm just punting the position. I think both of those guys can be top 12, but I didn't feel the need to you know, miss out on whoever I took at those specific spots to go and grab Knox or Fryermuth. So I ended up with Irv Smith, who some people believe is a sleeper, but I know that he had a recent procedure done, and Evan Ingram. So now I'm kind of at the position for uh, tight ends at least where I might need to make a move. I might need to make a trade to strengthen that specific position. And I think there are some guys in my league that took too many tight ends. So now I can, you know, adjust and, um, you know, go and grab one of those guys. But I did kind of learn the hard way from uh, mostly the tight end position, but also the quarterback position that the more I pushed uh, the position down, the further and further I got from grabbing maybe the upside I was actually looking for for those specific positions. Here's another note about running backs. So I talked a little bit about quarterbacks and tight ends. Seven running backs went in the first round. 16 across the first three rounds. So I know that there are some, you know, zero running back truthers out there, but if you faded running back too much in this specific draft, and you were really in a pinch because I think that um, it's a 12-person league. We'll see how trading goes. But if you faded running back completely, people were grabbing them kind of kind of hot early on. And your home league might be different. But again, it kind of goes back to playing the board and, and looking at runs, which we'll talk about in a second here. But running backs, 7 in the first, 16 across the first three. I think that was the, the hot positional play in this specific draft. And we'll talk about positional runs right now. So that's another another thing that I, I noticed happened to a degree in this draft. You know, sometimes it happens too much where uh, full rounds are almost one position. But uh, the third round, there was a string of running backs that went all together back to back to back. Leonard Fournette, James Conner, David Montgomery, and Ezekiel Elliott. So that was four running backs that all went in the third round. So once that run hit, if you were waiting on some of those guys in the fourth, you probably missed out. Another positional run was in the, the seventh round. Hertz went at 7.08, but then Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Dak Prescott went 7.10 through 7.12. So if you were me kind of pushing the quarterback position down the board, I might have missed out in the eighth on guys I probably was thinking about taking just because in the seventh, we had one, two, three, four guys for the quarterback position out of 12 uh, teams taken in that seventh round. And then later in the, the 15th, there was uh, three tight ends taken. So I thought that that was a bit of a positional run as well, just because people that might have not had the the elite tight ends were starting to grab some, you know, potential sleepers at that point. So positional runs do happen in drafts. You don't always need to jump on those positional runs, but understand that if you miss out on runs, you might miss out on guys you thought were going to fall in the draft. The other some uh, draft values um, that were, you know, guys that fell in the draft that I, I wanted to note. Uh, Two guys stand out to me. I already mentioned Kirk Cousins. So, you know, I punted the quarterback position. But at the same time, I got Kirk Cousins in the 13th as the QB 18. And all, you know, in all healthy, uh, a perfect world, 
Kirk Cousins should not be the QB 18, so taking him as the QB 18 made me feel better about missing out on some other guys that I thought about taking earlier. So Kirk Cousins, 13th round, QB 18 off the board. I like that value. Another value I like too was uh, Ramondre Stevenson in the 11th round, especially with the camp hype that he's been running with the ones a ton. So I'll take that Ramondre Stevenson pick for myself in the 11th, especially after I told you about the amount of running backs that went super early. And, you know, running back depth was probably not the easiest to get in this specific draft. Here's some other picks that were not mine, but J.K. Dobbins in the sixth round at running back 25. I feel like that's a pretty good value right there for J.K. I am nervous about him, you know, being 100% the first couple weeks. I'm not sure what his timeline is going to be for the actual regular season. I know he's spoken out on Twitter about it, but um, J.K. Dobbins is the running back. 25 could be a good value if he does indeed play a full season. Aaron Rodgers, another uh, quarterback that got faded all the way to the 13th round. I talked about Kirk Cousins is QB 18. Aaron Rodgers was QB 16. So a lot of people may be looking into that specific uh, quarterback situation. Last one I really want to note uh, is Amari Cooper, who went in the eighth round as the wide receiver 42. And we did have the sleeper ADP up on the uh, the screen. I had a big screen TV for this live draft. So it wasn't like people were blindly making selections here or you know just looking at these sheets of uh, player stickers. But Amari Cooper, wide receiver 42, are we overemphasizing a year possibly without Deshaun Watson might be at that sort of value. So that's just a couple of the key notes that uh, I I saw during this draft. Uh, Again, um, play the board. That's important. The longer you push off a position, the more risk you're going to have. Pay attention to positional runs. Running backs and redrafts can go pretty high off the board. And also, you know, I, I mentioned some values uh, within this draft. Be aware of guys that continue to slip and don't think that they are slipping because um, everyone's fading them and I should too sort of thing. Last thing too I want to say about this draft and, you know, some teams did it, some teams did not. I feel like some guys overemphasized the potential to trade in this league. And you have to be careful because like for me, I've played in leagues with most of this uh, this league that I started for this redraft. But there's also a group of guys that I, I have not played in uh, fantasy leagues with before. So some guys were like loading up early on quarterbacks and loading up on tight ends because they thought that, hey, I might have some great trade value. Uh, my brother, for instance, tra- uh, loaded up on running backs, which I don't hate because we we talked about how early all the running backs went. And also, you know, for this league, you can start two running backs, but you can also flex three different players. So that that's fine too. But I'd say for like quarterbacks and tight ends, like some guys were banking on, hey, I can trade these guys later on when in reality, you might just end up stuck with those guys. So be careful drafting to trade. I'm not a huge fan of drafting to trade. I'm a massive fan of trading, but I use, usually uh, draft to draft who I want on my team. And if I trade, I'm just trying to uh, make a better team out of uh, whatever deals I can make. So that's another note. 
So for my my team, this is how my uh, lineup looks as of today. So I, I can go through each of the picks, why I picked them, but that'd be uh, too long, too boring, I think. But at quarterback, I have Kirk Cousins, running backs, Aaron Jones, and Leonard Fournette. So again, Cousins, I talk, you know, I talked about the uh, QB eighteen draft position he was in. I thought that was good because he's been a guy that's always like the non-sexy top twelve guy, right at the edge of a, a QB one. Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette, I like a lot. You know, obviously Aaron Jones with Aaron Rodgers being one of his only trusted pass catching options in this offense, and a premier pass catcher, Leonard Fournette. You know, the best thing that happened to him was going back to Tampa when he was testing the waters. I know he came in like James Harden, but he should get tons and tons of work, and he was involved in the passing game a ton, has Tom Brady's trust. Justin Jefferson is my wide receiver one for redraft. He is my wide receiver one on this team. I took him at the sixth spot. I, I juggled him or teammate Delvin Cook, but I went with Justin Jefferson. I thought, you know, you can probably justified taking Jefferson is as high as the 103 in redraft. So getting him at the six, I was cool with that. DJ Moore, I've always been high on him and Jerry Judy. And again, this is not in any specific order. This is just how my lineup looks right now. So Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, and Jerry Judy, who I'm super high on, always have been. That's my three wide receivers. Tight end Irv Smith, who has had some news out recently that he might or he did have some sort of procedure. So I'm not, you know, I have to look more into that. But uh, I do have Irv Smith as my tight end as of right now. I did send a trade offer that included Irv Smith and one of my flex options. So my three flexes were Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, and Rashad Penny. I think Rashad Penny is going to be the running back one. Hopefully he stays healthy. I don't think they're going to force uh, Ken Walker the third into any, you know, elite workhorse role year one on a team that's probably going to struggle and Rashad Penny was hot at the end of the season so I like having Penny on my roster uh, with Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette uh, Darnell Mooney I think is going to have a massive target share Elijah Moore is one of my guys again you know four uh, I'm sorry three 20 plus fantasy point weeks with four different Jets quarterbacks that's the stat that's you know engraved in my head just absolute baller killing camp right now I love those two flex options in Darnell Mooney and Elijah Moore. On the bench, I got Danny Dimes, who is a QB sleeper of mine. I think his rushing ability will hopefully help him out there. And uh, I did stack him on my bench with Kadarius Toney, who I made a draft day trade with somebody else for really high in Kadarius Toney this season as the potential Giants wide receiver one. Got two Patriots on the bench, Ramondre Stevenson, who I mentioned before, and Kendrick Bourne, who I think is slept on a ton. Nico Collins, another sleeper on the Texans. Hopefully uh, he can emerge as the wide receiver too with a clear role on the Texans. Jahan Dotson, I took a little bit earlier, but I, I'm all in on Jahan Dotson. His prospect profile, his opportunity, I talk about him a lot on Twitter if you go and follow me there. And then Evan Ingram uh, at tight end, who I think has the chance to have a bounce back in his career, but time will tell if that will actually be a thing or not. But I think he, he has a chance to get some uh, consistency in targets from Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see how things go. But looking at my team already, I really like some of the guys that I mentioned. Uh, I think I have some good upside in like Mooney and Elijah Moore and Kadarius Tony and some sleepers and Bourne and Nico Collins. 
running back room I think is is pretty good I, I might have you know wanted to be a little bit deeper but that's okay I'll probably look to upgrade the tight end position from you know probably send like Irv Smith and uh, a positional player that somebody else can use that's on my mind as well but I don't mind this team at all and I thought the overall experience of this home league draft was awesome again we met up used the draft uh, draft kits board and um from there just kind of had a party doing fantasy football so uh definitely something to consider but as i said before draft kits go check uh, check them out promo code p2w22 for 10 percent off and uh consider using that for your home league draft but just some notes from my recent home league that maybe can be uh, something you can apply to your upcoming drafts but uh more to come and thank you guys for listening <laughs>